tonight on Whiskey Waffle. You start getting this sort of modernisation of distilleries and... Oh, and all the little guys shut down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I kind of do look like Jack Antonov. I feel um, like they probably do make some very good drops, but, yeah. You have to drive a Porsche to be able to appreciate it. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Welcome along, fellow wafflers, to episode number 34 of Whiskey Waffle. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And we are two Tazzy boys having a, a drop of, well, Tasmanian whiskey. What are we drinking? Australian are we whiskey. Drinking tonight? Scottish whiskey. Well, this one is Tazzy whiskey. It is Tazzy whiskey. I guessed it right as well. You, well. you gave it to me blind. And I, I do believe you never said the words Launceston Distillery. I didn't say the words Launceston Distillery, but <laughs> I did guess that it was port and it was from Tasmania. Yep. <laughs> didn't, didn't get quite... Uh, down to the distillery level, but no, no, I, I jumped in with the answer before it was about to say it. It was on the tip yeah. of his tongue. Yeah, always, yeah. always on the tip of my tongue. Now, Nicholas, yes, might, might I say that you are looking delightfully tanned at the moment? I am. It's from a, a lovely, lovely warm holiday, and I've got to say that Ted, you're looking similarly tanned. Am I? Oh, I thought I'd been bleaching out on the um, fluoro lights at work again. <laughs> I seem to spend most of my time. Hiding in my office, just well, yeah. gradually turning pale. To tell the truth, neither of us are actually tanned, but both of us have been on holiday recently. Mm, we have. We went da, 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 overseas, which for a Tasmanian's not hard because no. just to go to the mainland, that is over, well, over straits. Yes, over straits. We've been over straits. Um, well, the main aim of the trip was to spend a luxurious four or five days cruising down the Murray on an amazing houseboat. Which we did. Which we did, and it was amazing. Yes. Can recommend. Very relaxing. However, however, fellow wafflers, you are more interested in which distilleries did we visit when we were there. So prior to relaxing on houseboats, we were in fact in South Australia. We were. We flew over to Adelaide, and there's a few... Adelaide. (laughs) It was pretty good, actually. There's a few distilleries out that way, but we decided to go further afield and travel down to Goolwa. Goolwa, which is down on the coast on an area... An area called the Flurio Peninsula. Mm, which is very coincidental then that the name of the distillery is called Flurio Distillery. Oh my goodness, who would have thought? <laughs> so we had a great time chilling with Gareth and Angela at Flurio Distillery. It was good. Yeah, so we had a great time there. We actually did record an interview with those guys, which will be appearing in an episode soon. Indeed. I we- also went to another distillery, Ted. I, I left you behind though. Yeah, um, sad days. I had to uh, drive down to um, Melbourne to go see um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which was amazing. (laughs) Well, okay, yeah. So you did that, and I went to see 23rd Street Distillery in Renmark. Which you told me a shocking fact about, which I had no idea and I was really interested by. Yes, indeed. It's actually one of the oldest distilleries in the country. Well, it's kind of changed hands and been rebranded and changed names, but it's still on the same site. There's been a distillery there for, for oodles of years called Renmano. And they Renmano. made Renmano, yeah, Renmark, Renmano. They made brandy essentially, so it's yeah. not a whiskey distillery. A lot of fruit going down in that area, so Yeah, a lot of wine going spare, so what are we gonna do with it? Not gonna drink it, stick it in the still. Um they made a brand called Black Bottle Brandy. Yeah, yeah, I drink that all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of good. my favourites. It's great. Grew up, grew up on it. <laughs> well, now they make th- other things like not your nana's brandy, which is um, which is good fun. Um, yeah, so I I had a good time there and hanging out with with Ravi and um, yeah, he even gave me a few little cask samples to taste mm. the future there and a lot of bourbon casking going on there. So um, some yeah, really interesting stuff. Well, one of their um, main releases is um pretty interesting actually it's something a little bit different yeah a little bit unique (laughs) (laughs) um it is so you guys might have tried it. it's the hybrid whiskey which is not made by them at all although they do sort of finish the aging process it's um it's actually a blend of some scottish spirit which has aged in scotland and been brought to australia some american spirit corn whiskey that's been brought to australia so they blend them together stick them in their own barrels finish them and uh yeah that's the hybrid whiskey it's very much a placeholder for when they get their stuff going, because they're going to be big, you guys. Yeah, they're going to be huge. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, that that hybrid whiskey makes me think of um, that Beam Suntory one called Legend, Legend or something, which is an American Japanese yeah. hybrid. Don't know if anyone's. Thought you're going down the uh, down the route of Nicker from the Barrow. Wow. Old favourite there, which we discovered recently, has actually got a bunch of Scottish whisky blended into it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. But I think we're going to spend a bit of a, an episode dedicated to Nicker from the Barrel, maybe in the next episode or two. So let's uh, leave that discussion for now. Indeed. Now, there's one other exciting activity that we've done in the last month or so, Ted. Did we? Yes, it was. And it, in fact, 
is the focus of our episode today. Oh, yes, that thing. <laughs> a fairly big thing that we did. Um, we have been riding around on a push bike, honey. No, it's not a push bike, but it's just as environmentally friendly. A horse. No, horses do um, have a lot of uh, a lot of dung that needs to be cleaned up. It's even cleaner than that. Right. A raft made out of uh, branches that haven't been cut off a tree. They've naturally fallen off the tree. <laughs> and yep. we've collected them from, them from the foreshore and woven them together with uh, sustainable reeds. Yep. And uh, we're using wind power to, yes. to push us around. Yes. Um, it's not quite that environmentally friendly, but it's pretty good. And it's a lot faster, I'll tell you that. Indeed. We've been running around in a Tesla. But to tell us more about that is Nick and Ted in the waffle. Welcome. My microphone is is falling right. He's got droop again. (laughs) I've got quite rapid droop. Come back. My microphone was descending rapidly towards my crotch. It is quite cold outside. (laughs) Right. The Waffle. So, Ted, I think we've been a bit spoiled recently. Oh, my goodness, we have. We have had an amazing time. We have had the trip of a lifetime down south. Yes. Recently, we were invited very kindly by Peter Baldwin from Drink Tasmania, which is a Tasmanian, uh, well, it kind of says it in the in the title. Yeah. What do they do? They A premium drink tour experience. Yeah. So um, Basically, they are the best designated drivers in the world. Indeed. And that that's a good point, actually. It is nice to be able to kick back and have someone else take you around. Often, we have to draw straws as to who drives yeah. something in the distillery, so... Thank you, Peter. Indeed. So we travelled down to Hobart um, and on the morning we um, met up nice and early with Peter down at the Brook Street Pier. Yeah, um, where all the tours start. Yeah, down on the waterfront in Hobart. Mm. Um, we had a bit of a chat, had a had a little cheeky breakfast dram. It was of, very um, nice too. It was it was a Hobart whiskey. Um, it was a bourbon Bourbon cask, yeah, thing, lots I think. of bourbon casks. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't your sort of straw-coloured Speyside thing. It was nah. a really rich, dark yeah. um, whiskey. It was great breakfast yeah. Uh, dram. Yeah, so after after we had a breakfast dram, we moseyed out and jumped in the mighty Tesla, and yes. we had a little chat while we're sitting in those luxurious seats. And so let's throw back to Nick and Ted from the past and hear our chat with Peter. Roll up. Roll up for the mystery tour. And our host Peter is dying to take us away. Yeah, so Peter is running Drink Tasmania Premium Tours and we're very lucky that he has taken us to, not one, not two, but four Tasmanian whiskey distilleries today. So Peter, tell us about Drink Tasmania. Tell us about, I I, I suppose, what are the options for drink nerds such as ourselves? Yeah, uh, Drink Tasmania has a range of standard tours like the one you're on, which is a a very special uh, tour in our Tesla Model S, uh, doing whiskey all day. Uh, But we have whiskey tours that people can join in on, gin tours, wine tours, and then uh, we do have a tour that's a little bit of everything called the the, uh, Signature Tour, which is really exciting too. So yeah, so just, I suppose, tell us about how... Drinks Tasmania actually started. Like, what's what's your background with it, and how's what's the broader uh, story with Drink Tasmania? Yeah, uh, Drink Tasmania was started by a man by the name of Brett Steele, who you might know from Spirit Thief fame. And Brett was ready. Uh, Brett and his business partner Patrick were uh, ready to step step out, and uh, Brett's gone off to release the Spirit Thief bottles and uh, we saw this, I, I saw this with my best friend, uh, Jono, uh, we knocked heads and decided we wanted to get into business. I was a, a social worker before that for many, many years uh, and uh, just wanted a massive change and wanted to work with people but in a very different way. Yeah, nice. So we're massive whiskey nerds as, as um, you might have picked up throughout our conversations. So if I'm a whiskey nerd and want to come around with you um, in the Tesla or just as part of a normal tour, what options are there for me to book a tour? Yeah, sure. Well, you can book a tour uh, on our website as a whiskey tour. We run those uh, regularly a few days a week and we pick an itinerary uh, that suits. We generally do one or two different runs a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just jump in on that and come along for the fun. Or if you want to privatise the experience, if you want to start picking 
your favorite places or the places that you're just dying to go or the people you're dying to meet in this industry we can probably do that too so what sort of uh, sizes of groups do you offer so obviously it's just uh, myself and Nicholas today but mm -hmm. so that's a double and we're in the we're in the Tesla stand it is I must say it is great to have a Des yeah, uh, on the on the trip as well but what what sort of sizes do you offer in terms of um, tours yeah, so you can, I mean, this is ideal for two or three people. You can fit uh, four people in this vehicle, four passengers quite comfortably as well. And the vans are up to 11 people. Um, so we do private tours in those as well as the public tours. Yeah. And what sort of distilleries might you visit on a whiskey trip? Yeah, well, today we're <laughs> going to go head out to Sheen Estate. Uh, meet up with David there and the team. We're going to Frogmore Creek for lunch, uh, heading out to Kalara after that, uh, Spring Bay and uh, Sullivan's Cove. That's the, the special trip I've put together for you boys. So, oh. look, there's some of our greatest partners. Uh, yeah. There's many, many more too. Uh, yesterday I was down uh, visiting Jane at Overeem yep. uh, and, and Jane and Mark and, and also seeing Brett at Spirit Thief and, and White Label mm -hmm. uh, as well. So also ran into uh, John Jarvis at Hobart Whiskey for the afternoon, which is, there's never a dull moment there. So it's always a good way to end a tour. And um, I, I guess you get to visit a bunch of uh, different distillers and distilleries. What are some of the... Um, what are some of the things that make you really interested in visiting them? What, what, what makes you come back? Uh, it's definitely the personalities, I think, number one. Yep. There's some amazing people in our industry, as you guys know. Um, but all, also, they're all essentially making the exact same thing, uh, yet so much different character comes out, yep. no matter which one you visit. And you, you taste them side by side, back to back, you know, venue after venue. And it blows me away that you can just use some simple ingredients like water barley mm -hmm. and yeast and suddenly you've got a completely different product to the next distillery it's awesome thanks peter it's uh it's gonna be a great day i reckon uh well we are sitting in the tesla right now so i reckon punch the pedal and let's go to warp speed all right excellent let's go out and <laughs> see see sheen estate we'll go meet david cheers so, small confession we didn't actually get any audio recording done at sheen estate we're a little bit busy whoops yeah. yeah so we we jumped in the tesla um and peter whisked us whisked us off up the uh highway whiskied us off up the highway mm -hmm. no no drinking in the car though that's an important rule actually yep. that's the one rule that's that's the, that's <laughs> the one rule don't drink in the car yeah. um yeah which was yeah great in the in the tesla um so we headed up to mangalore where the historic sheen estate is mm. and we were so overawed by the estate and the experience that we're about to have that we forgot to um, whip out the recording equipment. Yeah, we checked out uh, the distillery, uh, the three stills that they've got there. Pretty impressive stuff. They've got a lovely uh, mezzanine balcony thing that you can stand up and uh, check out their fermenters from. Yeah, it was nice. Um, what? When did we work out we were there last? Was it? Oh, 2016 or something? Yeah, it was, it was a fair a while ago. ago. Yeah, so it's certainly come along. It's changed, changed a little bit. So and after uh, that... definitely one we'll have to go back to. Yeah. Then we went for a tour of the Cooperage. Got to see some barrels being made. But then David, David Kernke, the... Uh, proprietor? Proprietor, yeah. The, um, Conservator? <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. And, and distiller, I suppose, on, yeah. his, uh, on his day as well. He took us off to face us with five unique barrels. They were unique. They were. Very definitely <sighs> unique. Why do you do this to me? Okay, so we we went into the um, one of the old sandstone buildings, and yeah, we got we got to um, as part of the tour. You have to pay a bit extra because you get the bottle at the end of it. But we were able to do Sheen's serendipity tour. Um, now this is pretty exciting. We won't go into too much detail about it because we could waffle about it for ages. But it is a blending experience. Something I think is going to become more popular over the next little while. Yeah. So there were five different barrels on offer. There was a sherry barrel there was a tawny barrel there was a cognac a musket and a toke i do believe i've got that right you have yeah so um we we had a great time just sort of pouring little nips into our measuring cylinder and into our glass and sort of a little bit of this a little bit of that we didn't really know where to start but by the end of it we were getting properly into it oh what if we try a little bit more toke in this a little bit more musket mm. Um, yeah, we, we came out with some really interesting um, drams. Um, it, it was such a great experience and one that you can't not properly do unless someone else is driving you because you can't taste these properly and then drive home. We had to we had to have a thorough tasting, didn't we, Ted? 
We did indeed. It was good. But for the time being, Peter whisked us off into the into the Tesla and got us going again. Well, he tried to. We yeah. were, we were Because we had so much fun um, doing the blending experience, we did get a bit over time. He told us we have to leave at 12 o'clock on the dot. Yep. And so at like 20 past 12, David had snuck us off into another little area, into the <laughs> um, Solera Aging Cellar, where we got to um, try a sample of bourbon ex muscadel. Mm. Um, and which that was, was that was probably the best one of the day. That was that was pretty incredible. At, at which point, like Peter stormed in and was like, "Where have you been? We need to get to lunch." No, he's, he didn't actually shout at us. He's very, he's very nice. He is very nice. It's just that uh, David gave him a guilty shrug and was like, <laughs> "They wanted to try." <laughs> oh, well, went in Rome. Yep. Um, yeah, yes. so we're already having a great day, and we're only at distillery number one. Yeah, so we jumped back in the Tesla and had a very relaxed um, drive um, through the Coal River valley yeah um, just a really peaceful cruisy chill yeah. session so it was it was great but then peter also decided that it was time for lunch yes some food into us so we went out to frogmore frogmore yes uh, or frogmore creek to its friends you've been there before um, yeah i have uh, i'm a big fan of their wine we got to try a couple of glasses the sparkling the chardonnay and the and the pinot noir mm. but then they laid on a bit of a feast basically picked two courses he said so so we did we did. It was delicious. Mm. Um, very, very fancy, uh, very fancy plates. Yeah, yeah. Food, we had some so. uh, of Mr. Bean's favourite. Yes, beef carpaccio. Except, actually, no, it's tartare in the um, Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. It is tartare, but it's I still raw corrected. meat. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, it was delicious. So we had a really great time, but we had to leave pretty quickly because it was time to go to distillery number two. Yes, we jumped back in the Tesla just mentioning there again that we were in a Tesla mm. and you can be too um, <laughs> and drove up the road to historic Richmond and then shot through there over the uh, oldest bridge in Australia yep. turned left and headed down to Kilara. we were lucky enough to catch up with Christy Booth Lark and her team her team of one Fiona did a really good job uh, but we chatted with Christy and this is what she had to say yeah so Christy um, last time we were here there was literally a barrel in a paddock. What's happened since then? <laughs> so much. So <laughs> much has happened. So finally got building approval, which was awesome. Hooray, yay. And started building and then obviously COVID hit. So things got delayed. But we now have a pretty nice uh, production site and small cellar door for people to come in and have a look and a taste and see the distillery in action and then try some of the products. I must say, we're looking at the view out over the uh, Coal River Valley out of the upstairs window, and it's pretty spectacular. Like, the distillery is, yeah, amazing. It's a really gorgeous location, really nice distillery, and lots of lots of uh, ply in here that we've discovered there's different sorts of ply. <laughs> yes, yes, my mind was blown when my builder got took me to a ply shop, and I discovered that there was more than... One type of plywood out there. There is, in fact, dozens and dozens. It's a it's a beautiful spot, though. You must have seen this when you saw the actual um, the, the the plot of land that was for sale and sort of had a big vision for this place. And we're starting to see that now. But is there more to come? Yes. So yeah, there's there's huge vision here. We've got lots of well, I've got lots of things happening. I've got um, the Barrel Bond store going in in the next couple of months. I've got a dedicated tasting room um, and distillery school going in as well. I've got barley being grown i've got oak trees planted to grow my own barrels but that's more of a long-term project wow yeah <laughs> and so a lot of people come here with peter through drinks taz tours um what sort of thing can they see when they come to kalara uh when they come to kalara they'll be greeted with a little gin and tonic to enjoy while i take you through the story of kalara and how um, i grew up in the distilling industry and it's twists and turns that got me to where I am today. Hmm. And then we'll go through a range of different things. So if you're on a more gin-focused tour, then we'll be obviously going through the gins. Or and so what's your gin brand that you've got? Apothecary. Yep. Yep. So we've got four different gins in that range at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to do a more whiskey-based tour with Peter, then we go through all the whiskeys. So yeah, that was a such a cool time at Kalara. It was so some cool. Good to, drams. I I will say that I got a bit obsessed for some reason with the fact that the walls were made out of this really nice looking ply. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I also great. will say that you broke a bit of distillery equipment. I would, didn't know what I was doing. He said, "You go and get this bung out of the barrel." 
I was like, all right then. Is that meant to come off? Oh dear, you! Oops. I cannot take you anywhere. You embarrass me, me every time. I know, I know. So we had a, a great time and some really good drams there. But Peter had to whisk us away again because it's time to go to Spring Bay brackets Cambridge site. Close yes. brackets. Yes, we've previously been to the Orford site over on the coast, on the east coast of Tasmania, but in this case we went to the Cambridge site, which is um, a bit more sort of in an, in an industrial area. It's a, it's sort of a, I suppose. A, a concrete shed. Mm. That's the classic tin shed distillery. Yep. And um, yeah, the best thing was though, we got to catch up with Dean Jackson. Oh, what a great guy. Yeah, good fella. So we took him aside into a quiet room with a bit of um cask sample in our hands. It was a fairly large one because, um, well, basically Dean just found <laughs> the first barrel that he could get the top <laughs> off and um, yeah, gave us a jug of that to um, share between the two of us. All right, Wafflers, we are now at Spring Bay's Cambridge production site, and we're here with the great Dean Jackson. Dean, mate, how are you going? Not too shabby, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. We're we're having a fantastic day. Yeah, we're at stop number three, and um, once again, thanks for having us here. And um, we're at the, the real heart of Spring Bay production, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about Spring Bay whiskey and what anyone might yeah get to experience coming here to visit you? Yeah, well, the Springbank whiskey is always about making sure that uh, if we're not happy to drink it, it doesn't go out. So it's got to be a really nice harmony of flavours from the barrel, super smooth. doesn't matter whether it's 46 or our cast strength 58, it has to be super smooth. So um, that's that's the concept, and that's really the concept with all of our products, the gin, vodka, everything. But yeah, the whiskey's fantastic. Uh, coming to the Cambridge site, well, it's... Um, uh, I think what we'd call the, the East Coast site would be the um, the heart behind what we are doing and here is the big the, the big engine behind the future of Spring Bay. So it's much bigger still, it's all of our brewing system now that we're doing in-house brewing, which we didn't used to do. Our large format maturation where we've got well over 20 odd thousand uh, litres worth of whiskey spirit maturing. It's just, it's bigger, um, you've got the bottling room, everything like that, so yeah, a lot of logistics and, and big engine room stuff. Nice. And um, for, uh, we're travelling around with Peter today as part of Drink Tasmania, what would the Drink Tasmania guests get to experience when they come to this? Well, every Drinks Tasmania tour, uh, depending on whether it's gin or whiskey or signature or otherwise tour, um, we'll obviously get a full tour of the, uh, the site a full explanation of how we make the products. Uh, obviously, you get to see all of the uh, equipment, so that helps uh, that we can point, people can ooh and ah at different things, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they get to see pretty much the entire production, uh, even if it's not working uh, from where to go, so whether it be from making a vodka or you know filtration uh, through to distilling, brewing, maturation. Ask yep. as many questions they like. So, yeah, plus nice. they also get a little bit of a discount. Hey, so, <laughs> it's okay. So that was good times. Oh yeah, great. Loved mm. loved catching up with Dean. I it's just he he was one of our um, foundational figures in Tasmanian whiskey. When the first distiller we visited as whiskey waffle. He first he was the first person um, to teach us about um, interesting tasting notes like damp fridge or fish <laughs> when it comes to whiskey. Indeed, indeed. So it was time to get going, but by this stage we're getting a little bit more lucid, um, and some of the stuff coming out was was pretty interesting. And this will happen to you too if you go on a drink Tasmania tour. I see on the screen, uh, a, well, I see a bit of a map, and I see this is not Pepe the children's novel. What do you see? Okay. <laughs> I am seeing a huge humongous screen because we are in a Tesla and it is amazing. <laughs> I'm seeing a map of the uh, s- a southern bit of Tasmania. Uh, Peter is about to uh, turn right and head us from the Spring Bay, uh, the Cambridge Spring Bay Distillery site to, um, oh, there's a helicopter flying past as well. Um, Heading, it's all happening where we are, to be fair. We're um, heading from there. We're heading to Sullivan's Cove, though, which is only about a minute or two minutes up the road. Um, we are only... Uh, we were meant to be there at 4 o'clock, and it is now uh, 4.13, which is fine. They but won't mind. They won't mind at all, but it has been an excellent day in the uh, car. We mm. have had a yeah, great time of it. So. I feel car is the wrong word. 
I mean, it's it's a it's basically land ship. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a space shuttle of the road. I feel so. it's a it's a whiskey teleportation pod. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good times. Yeah, we went to Kalara and we met up with Christian uh, Fiona and checked out uh, the new Kalara distillery site. Which last time we were there, it was literally a barrel in a paddock. And Christy was selling us the dream. Yep. Um, now, and now the dream has been sold with Colour Bond. Yeah, no, it's good Colour Bond. And lots of lots of delightful ply. <laughs> Christy's going to think the only thing we've taken away from a distillery is the um, building materials. Yeah, she's going to be like... So much more than that. Those, those guys are just like, what? what's the ply made of? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we are literally just about to, not even figuratively, we are literally about to turn into... Uh, the Sullivan's Cove. Oh, I can see the Sullivan's Cove big barrel up there. I can see an electronic billboard for sausage rolls. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. And look, there's a bloke over on the table looking like he's, I don't know, he's maybe, I think he's making up boxes, potentially. Excellent. Well, um, that's what all our listeners want to hear, isn't it? Peter, what are we going to do? Drink more whiskey. Good man. Yeah. So we got to Sullivan's. And it turned out that they were a bit sort of um, pod shy, um, so we we uh, we couldn't we couldn't quite do any recording there at that point. Although hopefully in the future we will actually get back down and um, have a proper conversation with Heather. Um, yeah, we'd really love to. Definitely their head distiller. She she would be a fascinating person to uh, definitely. Chat to. But instead we we chatted with Brothers. Yeah, Brothers. Yeah. So Brothers. Uh, Mate from back in the day, um, used to work at the chapel in Burnie, helped us with our whiskey nights that we hold there occasionally. But yeah. uh, he... I like to think that we used to teach him a lot about whiskey. Yeah. And these days, he teaches us. <laughs> so good. So, no, that was a surprise, actually. You'd been, apparently, you'd been waiting to um, jump out and surprise us. So, we're, uh, we're, so good. Especially at that stage of the day, we were super excited. And um, um, he surprised us with some of the, well, the oldest Tasmanian whiskey we've ever tried. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so, it was probably the wrong time of the day for us to appreciate it fully. Yeah, I, I think I think what kind of what ended up happening was we sort of we got given a bunch of really good Sullivan's Cove whiskey to try, and we kind of drank drank it down merrily and didn't quite pay it the respect that it probably deserved in the end. Yeah, it was one of those. Mm, that that's good. Oh, the next one. Yep, that's that's good. Mm, that's oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, no, we did have a nineteen-year-old Tasmanian whiskey. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. So it's the oldest one that we've tried from Tassie. HH five four one, the nineteen year old French oak ex tawny. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was that was pretty incredible to be able to try. I'm, yeah, I'm very very pleased. E- even if I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, mm. it was an incredible experience to be able to. So um, let's let's just do a quick throwback to Peter. To tell us a little bit about a few of the other tours that you can do, a few of the other experiences that you can have. Last one. Now, obviously, this is Whiskey Waffle, but I'm really curious about the Signature Tours. Are you able to tell us what um, uh, itinerary might be on that trip? Certainly. Yep. The Signature Tour is one of our most popular products. We put it together for people who can't make up their minds. Yeah. So it's it's often called the uh, Compromise Tour. It's wine and cider down in the beautiful Huon Valley, about 30 minutes south of Hobart. And that's the morning. Uh, and we have lunch down there at Willie Smith's Apple Shed, which is awesome. And then uh, it's whiskey, gin, and beer in the afternoon. So we visit seven venues and, and just have a fantastic day. Well, no. it's a, yeah, sounds one, like a good day, doesn't one it? One of every animal. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is great when you have a des. And so if people are coming down to Tasmania to um, come in and drink Tasmanian tour, so what, I suppose what sort of area are you covering and what sort of price people expect to um, pay to come on a tour? Yeah, look, our, our wine tours are... $150 a person uh, uh, for a full day, uh, right up to uh, the whiskey tour, which is $299 per person. And then private experiences uh, are um, on top of that. That's We do it case by case, depending on what you guys are after. And geographical area, we go down into the Huon Valley and come right up into the Derwent and Coal River Valleys as well. Uh, we try to not make car trips more than about half an hour at a time, if we can, just because yep. it's... More about the drinking then and the experience at each venue and the, the tour side of it rather than driving in a car. I suppose, what is it about Drink Tasmania that is unique and sort of 
what sort of special experience will people get if they come on these tours? Yeah, look, we we pride ourselves on doing business where everyone has a smile on their face. So we don't have a business without these venues and these partnerships. So it's all relationship based. We we negotiate rates where everyone's happy and and then can take our guests out and they get spoiled rotten by these producers. And, and then the guests have a smile and we have a smile on our face too and everyone's stoked, so. Yeah, nice. And so where can we um, where can we book a tour? Where can we find out more information? Yep, so jump online, uh, drinktasmania.com.au. Uh, we're on socials as well. You can contact us through there if you want to. Uh, or give us a call on 0475-000-120. Well. Yes, well, after Sullivan's Cove... Peter scraped us up, yeah. Deposited us back into the uh, into the Tesla, where we had a quite quite a heated debate about merits of Sullivan's Cove. Merits of Sullivan's Cove, yeah. Fueled by the time of day it was and the amount of whiskey we drank, and whether we had actually done it the service that it required. <laughs> um, and yeah, we we powered back into Hobart and got dropped off um, at the end of the day at Gold Bar. Yeah, no, Peter found us. Uh, a nice tasty dram for us to try, and um, we we did one final cheers before he went off on his merry way, and we were left in the very good company of Ian at Goldbar. Yeah, I I always do love um, going there. If you are down in Hobart, please go see Reedy down at Goldbar. It is a it's slightly hard to find at first, but once you get in there, it's yeah such a great little bar. Yeah. So and that brought to the end of our drink Tasmania premium whiskey tour, and Ted. What an experience. What an experience. I mean, I go back to the point that I made at the very start. We are spoiled. We're very lucky to be able to do this sort of thing. And thank mm. you, Peter, for taking us along on this tour. But I, I just, after doing it, I feel like I really need to spread the word of just what an exciting, uh, just whiskey nerdery adventure it is. It's so much fun. Yeah. Peter has a, a lot of um, passion for what he does. The other, and I'm sure that the rest of his staff have mm. um, passion for it as well. I mean, they're... They're passionate enough and they, they're onto a good enough thing that I think he said that they're operating seven days a week mm. now. Multiple it's, tours going as well a day. Yeah. I'd certainly... I'd do it again. Like, oh, I'd absolutely. just relive that same day. In a heartbeat. I, I yeah. wouldn't do that one again. I'd, I'd say that, yeah. mate, let's let's do another different let's tour. Let's do a different one. Yeah. Do, do a different selection of places. Yeah. So check it out. Drinktasmania.com.au. Oh, can recommend. But if we go, and good, good rewind skills, yeah, there, thanks. <laughs> the whiskey. So Ted, what um, what complicated named whiskey are we reviewing today? Right, this one is the Out a Bahaney. I'd say that's pretty close. Out of Bahaney. Out of Bahaney. Yeah, sorry, I meant to put on the list. Out but of I behind. <laughs> No, 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 no. Let let me let me concentrate and summon my ancestral Scott into me. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> gosh, your ancestral we, Scott. Is- <laughs> I think this is Altavain. Altavain. Yes, Altavain. So. Altavain. It's it's uh the vein starts with a Bravo Hotel, um oh. BH. Altavain. Altavain, and I do note. To go along with the uh, 70s colour scheme, which is black, orange, and a nice sort of goldy yellow colour, it also says since 1975. So it's quite a new distillery then. It is quite a new distillery. This is this is uh, sort of one of the modern workhorses. Yeah, now Altervane, like, I, I know the name, but I'm assuming most of it goes into blends. Most of it does go into blends. Right, sorry. Altervane. Was built by Seagram, so Seagram is a. I think Seagram's Canadian, I believe. Okay. Really, one of those really big um, brands who sort of bought up a lot of things, particularly around the seventies. I think it was one of the first uh, distilleries as well to be like really sort of tech heavy. Like I think a lot of sort of computer integration and things like that. Sort of instead of like little, little old Scottish men, sort of carefully sort of <laughs> putting the ear to the still and listening for the uh listening for the sound of the spirit coming off and sort of going yes that's that's where is it? <laughs> cask whispers yeah cask whispers it's actually computer computer driven um although so it was built by Seagram now it's part of um Chivas 
Okay. Shivas. Um, or no, sorry. I should. There's two steps. To this it's part of the Shivas um, regal of Pernod Ricard because Pernod Ricard owns Shivas. Right. So it's ultimately owned by the French. <laughs> All comes back to the French. So when it was built, it was like. Uh, compu- yeah, modern computerized distillery containing all the equipment necessary to make whiskey in a single room. You're yawning. You seem particularly uh, bored by this. <laughs> well, we've been to a lot of but, small Tasmanian distilleries. They all make whiskey in one particular. But I mean, room. for a Scottish distillery, this this fact is particularly industri- interesting. Designed to be operated by a single person. Okay. So that that's like that's crazy. Sort of big big Scottish distillery. Previously, they would have been like. Quite a quite a reasonable sized staff doing all sorts of functions around the place. Yeah, especially back and then. And then in one, this is this is the 70s for you. This is what happened to them. Mm. You start getting this sort of modernization of distilleries, and oh, things, and all the little guys shut down. <laughs> yeah, well, everything sort of crashes into the floor. Yeah, so we've got Altervain to blame. Yes. Now Altervain, there's there's some more words on this bottle. There's not many. It's it's sort of one of those bottles that doesn't really beat around the bush. Didn't come in a box at all. It's just the bottle, but it's yep. got it's nice, nice looking bottle. It's got seventies high shoulders as well. Yeah, I, I'm I am told that it's a classic seventies looking bottle. But hmm. um, some keywords is just enough peat to start a fire. Ah, oh, okay. So it is peated, even though it's hmm. from what Space Out Highlands. Yeah, yeah. So it says back in the seventies, they said that you shouldn't mix peat with Space Eye. That smokiness and sweetness couldn't work. But we followed our nose and started distilling whiskey our way. Hmm. And this is, I suppose, a modern-day interpretation of that result. Hmm. The sweetly peated single malt. Hmm. Um, it's 40%. Yeah, okay. It was a year? Uh, 1975, according to the right, number okay. on the bottle. So it's not, not an age statement. Yeah, not an age statement. There's, it's Yeah. I can't see a number apart from 75 and 40%. Yeah. And 700 mils. Well... Let's uh let's actually get stuck into tasting this stuff so we can see if it is worth all that investment in technology back in the day. First thought on the nose, mm. banana light. So one of those lamps that's shaped like a banana then. Skim skim banana. Okay, right. No banana bananas are very good call because I'm getting some of this stuff, but behind that though, there's there's quite a bit of sharpness actually. Banana caramel dumpling. So but yeah. I think yeah, behind in behind there's quite a lot of um sharpness there. Do you get much peat? No, not at all. I don't get much at all either. Maybe there's some peat just in the sort of the, the body of it, but it's yeah. not it's well, not I reckon the peat sort of dries it out a bit. Mm. Tempers some of that sweeter multi notes from Space Side. I'm not look, I'm not overly convinced by the nose. It's sort of at a distance there's some nice things to look at, but then once you get uh, up close, I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah, well fine fine is sort of I think <laughs> fine. Yeah. Oh well maybe it improves on the palate. Yeah. No, to me it does improve, but I can see this not being to everyone's taste. It's very Oh, what is that? There's a sharpness on the back of the palate as well. Um peat. No, I get the peat on the palate, but it's not super smoky in mm. any way. It's just got this earthy, dryish sort of note. It's mm. not Isla. Like, we think Scottish whiskies and we think peat. You you immediately go to Ardbeg, to Lagavulin, um, even Talisker. But this is not that. No. This is just something that takes an edge off a sweet-ish Speyside malt. This is, Gives it an extra layer. It's, it's umami, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's... Um, Your mummy. Yeah. No, it's just this, this earthy... Dry characteristic, bit mm. tanniny, but alongside you, you talk about bananas. I think banana lollies are on mm. this palette. Yeah, probably more banana banana lollies. Mm. Um, it's there's a slight bit of just just in there. There's a slight bit of ashiness. It's like the floor of a wood fired pizza oven. Mm-hmm. Just a very fine. You have to go searching for that ashiness. You have to almost squish your tongue against the roof of your mouth as it's yeah, going there's down. There's a fine layer of ash and stone in yeah. there. Yeah, no, it it's just it's a whiskey of two halves. I think that um, I, I guess the only sort of fire I can think of is when you're trying to start a fire with like kindling. You got these little twigs and whatnot. You're burning that. That's about the mm. extent of the fire. But one doesn't outbalance the other, I suppose. Mm. Neither are spectacular. 
but the fact they're both there makes this whiskey more interesting. I would be interested to know what this whiskey would be like at even, say, 43%. Yeah. Just, That's probably its biggest failing for me. It is a bit safe. I think just a little bit extra alcohol would maybe boost the boost some of the robustness underneath. Mm. Give the other sort of flavours something to work off. But I'm still slightly intrigued, which I suppose is a good thing. Mm. I'm not bored by this. Well, that's probably that's probably the smoke in there. I think the mm. smoke probably turns this from like a just a sort of a meh to a hmm. Yeah. What what do you rate it, Ted? Uh look, I think I rate it a low three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with a three as well. I certainly wouldn't drop it down to a two. But I wouldn't I drop it down to a two, but it's nowhere uh, near a four. Yeah, I wouldn't bump it up to a four. I think three is On the broad spectrum fair. of three, because three is our broadest category and mm. there is a lot contained within three. Yeah, the C There's the so many different curriculum. nuances. It's a low three. Yeah, I'd be more in the middle of the three, but I mean, again, it's just the three, isn't it? But so no, right. this this one is... Uh, I, I think I need more opinions. Patreons, get on to us in the comments on the on the episode on Patreon. Let us know what you guys think, because... Um, I think I need some more people to help me make up my mind. Yeah, look, if you're expecting a really peated whiskey, this one is not it. No, it's not it. The, the peating, as my colleague here has said, is more of a is more of a flavour note than a mm. than an actual thing for the whiskey. So yeah, well there you go. Alt a Bahaini. Yeah, that's how you say it. Bahain. 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 You got the donger there, Ted? Mm-hmm. You got the donger. I do have the donger. I've got it well in hand. It's between it's, your legs at the it's moment. A pretty, it's a pretty thick and girthy one, actually. <laughs> hey, Nicholas. Yes. You know what I think is missing quite often from whiskey bottles? What? We're still talking large dongers here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's just missing in general, at least for you. <laughs> oh. From the spirit sack. We have... A question in the spirit sack, Ted. Bobbling around. Oh, let me have a rummage. All right. Yep, no, I'm going to rummage. I like it. Oh, you rummage. Sorry, I rummaged last time. I'll rummage in your sack. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh, yes. I'll rummage for your sack. Oh, let loose on it. Um, Okay, (laughs) no, it's it's from Cleon. Have a good time, good time. Cleon, our favourite imaginary friend. Yeah, he, he basically asks a very simple question. Most overrated and underrated distillery? Huh, that is a good question. So most most overrated distillery and the most underrated distillery. Is he asking for the same one distillery as both? or? He could be. Well, if, if he is, then I have an answer. What's that? I already have an answer. So the most overrated and underrated distillery is Ben Nevis. <laughs> of course, Ben ah! Nevis. You hate... Ben Nevis, don't I you? hate Ben Nevis with a passion, but Except also, you quite like drinking it. <laughs> I've, I've recently discovered, I, I, I decided to debase myself, and <laughs> usually I would sort of on principle I've kept away from the from the whiskey because those guys are pricks. In an absolute uh, hole that is fought with him. Yes, but we were we were required to drink some. Uh, what was it? We were required to drink some thirty-seven year old or something. Anyway, we we're just we were required to drink some um, very old. Uh, ben Nevis. So, in the so spirit of we inquiry, we decided we just had to get like a regular vanilla one. So we got the ten-year-old, and it's actually bloody good, and I really, really like it. <laughs> I really like it. So Ted both underrates and overrates Ben Nevis, whereas most people they just sort of rate Ben Nevis. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I think the one that's sitting in front of us is a bit underrated by a lot of whiskey fans. The mm. Alcantosh and Three Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. McAllen. McAllen overrated. Mm. Yeah. I feel um, like they probably do make some very good drops, but yeah. You have to drive a Porsche to be able to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think that um Highland Park goes a bit underrated these days because mm. they've diluted their core range with all mm. these Viking things. But I think they actually can make a bloody good whiskey. And some of the best whiskey I've had has come out from their older products. I mean, for us, probably there's probably something American, like probably some... Maybe we maybe we've got to say. Oh, oh you you mean bourbon? Yeah, <laughs> I I think as a category we've got to say that bourbon is underrated. Yes. For us, because actually there's probably some very quite very good things in there, mm. but they all taste like bourbon. Yeah. Uh, How about talking of underrated? How about Kalila? Yeah, you're right. Actually, that that one does tend to get a little less press. Mm. 
on the uh, Isle of Whiskey side, but it's actually, yeah, real good. Mm. Yeah, it's it's better than we give it credit for. Uh, what about some overrated whiskies? What are we less impressed with that other people tend to love? Glenmorangie, probably. Glenmorangie. But there is there is a, actually a really classic one that we, we very much think is overrated. The Johnny Walker Blue Label. Wow, yeah. It's a different crowd, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it is because it's all hype. It is all hype. And once you take away the hype, what have you got? A vaguely drinkable... No, jo- no, no, very drinkable. No, no Johnny Walker whiskey. Blue Label because the guy in Cambodia keeps promising you that they've got it. And then it never appears. Yes, yes, this is true. There's just a couple. Is there an overrated and underrated Tasmanian or Australian distillery? You're going to go with underrated Helly's Road. Yeah, that is that is a perennial underrater. Mm. At least in this part of the world. Yeah. Other parts of the world, they... Yeah, true. yeah, well, I don't know if they're overrated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a controversial statement here. Yeah, yeah. Archie Rose... Oh no, the rye is amazing, Ted. Yeah, good stuff. Like it's just it's just this sort of slight bit of feeling of like, marketing flimflam to it, which <laughs> makes me think it's a bit bigged up. Even though the the whiskey itself, yeah, is re- is really good, but it's you just, just uh, you just gave your uh, golden dram to a mostly Archie Rose spirit. Yeah, but see, that's that's had someone. Like messing around with it in a good way. In a good way. I thought you got, when you said overhead, I thought you were going to go with Bakery Hill, which I was a little yeah. bit worried about. I have to rein you in and say that there's probably some really good Bakery Hills. We just haven't tried enough of them. What do we think about Sullivan's Cove? Well, is it overrated? Like, is it really as good as it's cracked up to be? I think it's underrated. Mm, interesting. I think there is a lot to offer. It's just that not many people get to try it. Mm. So everyone gets a bit annoyed. It's like, bloody hell, I wish I could trust some more Solomon's Cove. I hate that bloody Solomon's Cove that doesn't... Yeah, no, I think I think it is worth the hype. Mm. Maybe that I'm overrating the fact that I underrate that. Japanese whiskey as a category? <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yamazaki 12. Mm. Like, it's good. Mm. But is it is it $400 a bottle at the moment? No, ab- absolutely not. No. We got we got those bottles. Like I think I got a bottle of Yamazaki Twelve potentially under a hundred, but if not, it was not. It was a squeak over a hundred. Yep, and it was fine at that price. Yeah, justifiable at that price. Very tasty, very drinkable. Yeah. See, so any twelve-year-old Japanese whiskey. <laughs> yeah, interesting stuff. So, listeners, over to you. Yeah. Underrated, overrated thoughts. Are you angry at the ones that we picked? Yeah, I, th- I think I might get some hate mail over the Archie Rose thing, but no, no, they 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 haven't been around long enough to really foster Sydney, those Sydney ciders, um, to foster that that level of loyalty yet. I don't mm. think. Mm. No, interesting stuff. Good question. Should, should we fin- should we finish up with the big one? Finish up with the big one. Is it under or is it over? Glenfid. Glenfid. I got some very soft spots for for Glenfid, but yeah, well, see, that, does it, is that, it even is either? It, yeah, but I don't it, think it's underrated it, at all. But no, but is it is it the best? Like it's it's the most famous. It's the highest selling, mm. so that makes it quite up there. But yeah, even even near neighbours such as a I don't know like a, a Ben Riak or a or Ben Romack I suppose mm. going down the Ben route. Not Ben Nevis. Will we've already talked about that? But just s- s- some other space arty ones that. Well, okay. Here's the comparison: Glenfiddich versus Belvani. It's basically the same thing, except treated differently. Yeah, this is true. Mm. I still, I still feel like Balvenie is underrated, but I don't think it is. I think it's just because it's a bit more sort of like on the side Lux sort of Glenfid mm. kind of thing. Yeah. So may, may, maybe we've got to go like Caninvia as the underrated yeah. one. <laughs> probably, probably is. It's the unsung hero of Monkey Shoulder. Yeah. Elsa Bay. That's the underrated one. Yeah, surreal. Well, thanks, Cleon, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think via a Instagram comment or indeed a carrier pigeon. Jack Antonov. That's what you look like. You look like Jack Antonov. Jack Antonov? Yeah. Who the hell is Jack Antonov? Music producer. Oh. Used to be in the band Fun. Good. Wr- writes a whole bunch of songs for uh, Taylor You're Swift You're saying I days. look like Jack Antonov? You look like Jack Antonov. Oh. Thank you? It's not a compliment or a criticism. It's just yeah. an observation. It's just, it's just, it just is what it is. Oh, yeah. I kind of do look like Jack Antonov. Uh, he's a talented guy. I like him. But um, Who, me? Yeah. And this Jack Antonov's all right as well. But no, it's just... I've been... Yeah, it's been bugging me all night, but now I've cracked it. Oh, um, thanks, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Ah, uh, Ted, it's getting towards the end of another episode. It is, Nick. It is. But we've had a good we've had a good evening. We've yeah. we've we've reminisced about our holidays and sort of given people a hint that some of those adventures will be appearing in future episodes. Yeah, and no, I'm pretty excited for them. Um, but I guess the the highlight once again is to reflect on that drink Taz tour that we did. Yeah, that was that was so good. Peter is such a nice guy, and it was a really fun day to be able to hang out with him and yeah, get in the Tesla. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, just once again, thanks for having us, and um, yeah, maybe maybe we can even um link up with Peter again and chat about some other whiskey experiences that might come up in the future. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and look, yep, wafflers. If you're looking for something to do, if you're coming down to Tassie and you want to want to do a um, whiskey tour, these guys have got you covered. Having said that, Ted, having said that, they've got you covered if you just want to go to Hobart nowhere else. Mm, this is true. Like, what if you want to go to Launceston Distillery? Or to, to Adams? I actually don't go to Adams at the moment. They'll, uh, <laughs> they'll open up again soon. What about, what if you want to go to Hellers Road? Well, I'm afraid you've just got to do that in your own time. Yeah, but I think that if you do come down to Tassie and you are going to Hellers Road, then I think that these people should really send us an email, or even better, a carrier pigeon. Mm. And uh, maybe we could tag along. Maybe we could head up to Hellers Road together. Yeah. Maybe we could we could bring people to Hellers Road. We are local boys. We are. And I think we, we have a little bit to contribute. Certainly we can, uh, we can tag along and we can maybe sneak people into the uh, Bond store. Um, I think that sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, we had that um, bottle of uh, now. How do you say it again? Altavane. Uh, Altavane. Yes, the um, the Speyside Smoky. Mm. I just want to know what our Patreons think. Mm, that's we, need, we need more opinions. Yeah, let us know. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it just just enough peat to start a fire? Yeah. Or is it, or just enough smoke to start a fire? It's one of those quotes. Mm, no smoke without fire. No peace without Isla. Ooh, bold call, bold call. <laughs> we shall see. Well, let's let's find out what our um, Patreon uh, members think. And if you look, if you want to help support the Whiskey Waffle podcast, maybe jump on our Patreon. Have a look. We've got some yeah good levels there. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's about time we wrapped it up. Indeed. Well, Cheers, Nicholas, boy. Thank you for the conversation as usual. Yeah, it's been fun. It has. Indeed. All right. Good night, everyone. Nighty nights. Bye. Keep on waffling. And goodbye. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Let me concentrate and summon my ancestral Scott into me. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, your ancestral Scott is... <laughs>